Alrighty, uh, welcome back to another episode of Justify Your Existence. Uh, I'm your host, Brendan Farrell, and uh, once again, I am joined by James Murphy. James, say hello. Hello, folks. Happy beginning of baseball season. James, how are you doing? Pretty good. As I said, you know, baseball season's underway at the college level. Ole Miss and Mississippi State both underway, and basketball, uh, we're getting to the meat and potatoes of the season. Yeah, so uh, what do you... uh what do you think so far of uh, just kind of everything going on? Well, just in general, I think Mississippi State, a um, little bit a little bit of rust to shake off in that uh, series against Air Force, but um, that may, I don't know if there's a ton of reason to panic. You were that I, I know you could talk a little bit more about that, but um, really exciting one this week with the uh, Hardwood Egg Bowl. Again, we've uh, had a little bit of trouble coming up with a definite name for that, but the women had a really exciting game last week and um, lots to look forward to. Yeah, um, so it is Monday, February 19th. Uh, I am your host again, Brendan Farrell. You can follow me on Twitter at bfarrell727. You can follow James at jsmurphymedia. Um, you can see all of our coverage at djournal.com and follow us on social at djournalsports. Um, it's been kind of an interesting weekend for me. Um, first off, this might get a little meta, but um, I guess uh, the name of this podcast kind of uh served as part of the inspiration of the uh sermon at my church this weekend um at least the old andy kennedy quote got uh, brought up and i got mentioned uh and so now i'm mentioning it mentioning it um so that was an interesting experience yesterday oh okay really wow yeah so um anyway there's that um and then uh, I went on a Saturday, um, uh, the kind of, I went sitting, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll call it rare uh, time that I just went to a sporting event uh, for fun. Because, you know, I mean, Starkville and Oxford are not like the easiest drives in the world from Tupelo, right? I mean, right. they're easy from the perspective of you just kind of go straight for a while, right? And you just kind of. But they're, long, they're like they're straight shots, but they're long straight shots. Yes, yes, it's like over an hour to Starkville from my place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oxford's a little easier, but still. Um, and you know, kind of, you know, when your life is sports, the last thing you want to do sometimes is sports in your free time, right? Right, and you get so used to being in a press box that it's almost a little bit jarring when you're in a, uh, I guess, spectator seat. Yeah, and also it's like, oh, I have to pay to get in now? Yeah. Never mind. I'll just stay home, I guess. Uh, it's like, where's the buffet? What do you mean I have to pay for concessions? Yeah, exactly. What do you mean I have to pay for worse food? <laughs> Very true. Um, but no, uh, this weekend, uh, no, I did not go to Hawaii for Ole Miss baseball. Um, I went to, uh, I had my first trip to Duty Noble. Uh, for for baseball for Mississippi State as they played uh, Air Force and um, I went on Saturday so my experience is maybe a little tainted because I went to the one game that they lost this weekend mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience uh, it was it was cold it was uh, very cold mm-hmm. uh, I know you were uh, out of town covering high school stuff this weekend were you cold. 
I was cold. It, it was surprisingly so because I thought, okay, I'm, I'm a little further. I was in uh, Gluckstadt right outside of Jackson to cover state soccer. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe it'll be just a little bit warmer. Like the, the day before, it was up to like the 60s. Maybe today it'll be night. No, no, everybody was wearing coats. Everybody had a blanket. Everybody was bundled up. It was almost surprisingly cold throughout the state. Right, but I imagine you were sitting in a press box for for most of it. I was, yes, with pretty good food, so those helped. My point is you were not in the elements, and you certainly uh, were not uh, sitting uh, for three hours uh, in the cold watching baseball. I was not, and you were. Um, Yeah, and I think at one point my phone said it felt like 32, 33 degrees. Wow. it was, I mean, like, first pitch was at, like, 4 p.m. It was already overcast, and, you know, the sun starts to go down. It just got colder and colder. Um, you could see some people start leaving around, like, the fourth, fifth inning because it was just, like, it's a 1-1 game. It is cold. Um, she's like, yeah, you know what, whatever. We'll come back another time or, or whatever. Um, but, no, I mean, it's, it's an interesting experience. Um, have you been to a college baseball game before? College, I don't, I, you know, I think when I was really little, you know, City Field, home of the Mets. Of course. So the first baseball game they held wasn't a Mets game. It was a game between St. John's and Georgetown. And I have a lot of family who went to St. John's, so we went to that. Other than that, I don't remember going to a major college baseball game. That's got to be my only experience. Yeah, so um, I went to a bunch of baseball games my freshman year at Florida at the old uh, McKeithen Stadium. And I've only been to one game at their new current stadium. Um, but I have to say that uh, Duty Noble is very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I get the hype, even if it wasn't um, maybe like a uh, – maybe even though it wasn't at its, like, I guess, peak. Right. You know, like I saw, you know, the record crowds that they had for State Ole Miss last year. Definitely pale in comparison. Um, I probably need to head back when it's warmer and there's a better matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was very impressed. Um, it's nice getting in for, you know, 10 bucks. Brought uh, a couple of uh, camping chairs, sat on the berm, watched some baseball. Um, it's kind of a weird experience in February, though. Yeah, like like a good facility and easy getting in, but just the atmosphere and the weather, you felt like it could have been better? I wouldn't say, well... I mean, look, Mississippi State's opening weekend crowds are probably still better than, like, I don't know, 95, 99% of college baseball. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like maybe I didn't get, like, the peak experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a cool setup they have between, um, you know, the left field lounge. Uh, it's one of those places, like, a 360-degree concourse, so, mm-hmm. like, I think after like the fifth inning or whatever, I was just like, you know, it's cold. I've been sitting in a chair for like an hour and a half, really more like two and a half hours because of the drive. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, let me just get up and walk around and, you know, really got to kind of uh, take it all in. But yeah, no, it's it's a a, a cool place. Okay, nice. But yeah, interested to see what it's like during SEC play. Oh, for sure. For sure. But uh you know, um, I would also say that the uh, pregame facilities were also pretty cool. Okay. Um, you know, they're playing Air Force. 
Columbus AFB is not far away. Um, so they had like a whole salute to service thing going on. Um, they had, you know, people jumping out of airplanes and landing on the field. Um, you know, it was, it was, that was cool. Um, you know, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was cool to get back into a college ballpark again, uh, especially since the last time I was there, or not there, but the last time I went to a college game was, you know, 2021 towards the tail end of, I guess, COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. at least in the state of Florida. Um, so, you know, it was nice not having to worry about, um, okay, well, if I'm in the concourse, right, like, let me just try to stay as far away from people or whatever, right. you know, we're you know, various safety policies and all that. Um, you know, so it, it's been a bit, um, but. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, there's not, there was going to be some rust to shake off, especially under conditions like that. But, um, you know, I mean, I mean, just in general for Mississippi State season, I think it's safe to say if you ask a lot of people in the fan base, there's pressure to make a run. Um, maybe it's just, maybe it's to get to the college world series. Maybe it's to get close, but there's pressure to do something big after winning the college world series. I think it's now back back in 2021 and then two seasons since where they haven't quite gotten back there. And there's what, whether or not people want to re want win another championship, it depends on who you ask, but there seems to be a prevailing sense that they got to do something big. And, while there is urgency to do that, there's also time to kind of figure out who they are. And while, well, obviously, I'm sure if you ask the team, there's a lot they could have done better against Air Force on that Saturday game that you went to. But I think overall, it does this series and the non-conference in general gives them an opportunity to kind of figure out who they are heading into SEC play. Yeah, and I think if you were concerned about pitching heading into the year, um, which yeah, after, you know, posting like a team ERA of seven or whatever god-awful number it was last year. Um, I, th- I think you got some encouraging pitching performances this weekend. Yeah. It's, it, it's I mean, look, Air Force is not going to be, you know, the kind of team that they face come SEC play or whatever, but you do have to start somewhere. And um, uh, let me tell you this, it's, it's much better to pitch well against, you know, inferior opponents or you know however you want to phrase air force mm-hmm. than it is to not pitch well right right um and so you, you, you take the wins where you wherever you can get them um like for instance you know when i was there on saturday um that was uh cal stevens uh first start for mississippi state the uh, purdue transfer and uh he pitched about as well as you possibly can um you know he went seven innings only allowed three hits. I believe the one earned run was on a solo home run. Um, so it's really like one one mistake pitch uh, in seven innings, 11 strikeouts. That's exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only from your Saturday starter, but also just in a, you know, we need to create some momentum on the pitching side of things after last year. Right. Um and that's generally what uh, State got from their pitchers this weekend. Um, you know, across the three games, um, you know, 15 innings pitched, uh, 23 strikeouts, three earned runs, like that That will do. Right, exactly. And, you know, four runs, three runs, and two runs against it. Uh, regardless of who your opponent is at the beginning of the season, 
at the very least, performances like that can build some confidence. Yeah, uh, I will say that there was some, uh, um, you know, that that clip from, I think it's the water boy that's like, oh no, we suck again. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Yeah, that was the... um, that was the feeling I got when uh, Air Force took the lead uh, in the top of the ninth after State failed to close them out on Saturday. There mm-hmm. was a lot of, oh, no, here we go again. Right. Um, but uh, they turned it around on, on Sunday, though. Oh, yeah, big time again. That's getting to be able to uh, get, I, I, I guess, wash that performance out of your mouth it, with a 10-2 to two win. That's, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, so I would say that uh, Saturday stunk, but uh, the rest of the weekend was fine. And really, they they really should have won that game Saturday. Uh, they just they had some base running errors, guys getting caught in rundowns, just some bad situational base running that just killed them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they they threw away some good opportunities, and then you know when you lose a one run game like that, it's that, that's tough. Yeah, it is, but. It can also be like a measuring stick of, you know, you finish the series, you get back into practice and fig- and look back at it think, okay, how can we do this differently and how can we uh, apply it differently to uh, Austin P, who has who they have a two-game series against Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, so, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but my approach to when seasons change in the middle of seasons is always like, well, I got to get through one to get through the other. Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't shift into full-on hockey mode until football regular season starts to wind down. You know, right, right. around you know December, January. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like you know turning on hockey. You know, during you know the beginning of the year and all, but it's it's not all that real to me until like late November, early December. Right, you got to get out all the way out of one thing to get fully into one other. Right, and that's how I feel about like college baseball in February. So I'm like, it feels weird. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else you wanted to add? Well, again, I mean, just lots of what I said, it's, uh, not, you know, overall, I think it's a pretty good way to start the year. Obviously a lot of stuff to work on, but a lot of time to do it and a long run way to do it. Yeah. So, um, this is going to be a little bit of, I phrase it to you this way. This is going to be a little bit of a grab bag episode in which, um, this is sort of the nightmare part of the year where everything is happening. And trying to cover all of it in depth is a fool's errand. Yep. Everything, everywhere, in Mississippi, all at once. Yes, exactly. Um, so what would you like to touch on next? Well, I think we could start uh, looking ahead to a game that I'm sure everybody in the state is going to be pretty excited about. The uh, quote-unquote hardwood egg bowl name pending uh, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State's men. Um, both teams, I think, have a lot to gain and maybe even lose depending on how you look at it in terms of NCAA tournament standing. Uh, if you look at Joe Lenardi's most recent bracketology, which granted could be updated by the time this airs, but as of right, as of Monday morning, Ole Miss is among the last four in and State is a nine seed. You know, as I as was the case the last time these teams played, this is going to really be a, a, a bubble separator where I think the winner is going to more firmly plant themselves in the NCAA picture we remember uh, the last game came down to the wire, and I think this game has the chance to be that as well. Yeah, I mean, look, 8-9 is still the kind of trouble zone, mm-hmm. right, where, and I, and I will keep saying this over and over again, is it's like 
well, one, you, you're not like a clear favorite in a game, mm-hmm. you know. And then second, even if you win, you get the one seed like 999 times out of a thousand. Right. So it's a tough place to be. Yeah, because if you're in the regular season and you're projected to be nine, you know, you can't really kick your feet up because especially this time of year when there's frankly plenty of time for somebody to pull off an upset or maybe there's a few bid stealers in the conference tournaments that make something happen. So, you know, you're not you're not panicking, but the pressure's not off either. But also it's also kind of like a weird thing where it's okay, well, and no coach will ever say this, but it's it's kind of like, well, it, it might actually be better for Ole Miss to, or State to be a, a, a 10 or an 11 somehow uh, instead of an 8 or a 9. But that's just me. Right, because I, I, I assume the idea, think, the thing that you're getting at is that even if you do get out of what would be a very tough 8-9 game, you might have a, maybe UConn or Purdue or something along that just waiting for you in the round of 32 and or houston and you know nobody really wants to run into any of those teams right now no none of them not at all granted if you're Ole miss i think just getting to the tournament is you know kind of just what you want right now exactly because again with first season with chris beard there's a lot to figure out and i think depending on who you ask they have exceeded quite a bit of expectations uh, in terms of what they were capable of to be able to do this in his first year and with a, obviously a whole new roster and a whole new culture, just getting in, in their opinion, I think may, maybe even if it's first four, you'd be pretty happy with that if you're Ole Miss. Yeah, so uh, I like looking at bracket matrix because it kind of takes a whole bunch of different um, bracketology sites and tells you where they have each team. Puts everything in one place. Yeah. Um, and they have state as a 10 seed in I think pretty much every bracket that they put together. Um, and let's see, I think Ole Miss is an, yeah, Ole Miss is an 11. Um, and they're like a, I would, I would say like a mostly consensus tournament team at that point. Okay. Cause I think it's like 85 out of the 102. So, okay. Um, but you know, it's a big week for both of them. Very big week for both of them. And, uh, you know, I was taking a look at uh, MSU's men who have now won three straight. It is their longest winning streak, Brendan, since the new year. Uh, They had a really, really tough schedule, and it was tough to establish momentum. But, you know, over these past couple of games, they've been able to do that. They've gotten wins over Georgia, at Missouri, and against Arkansas. Arkansas, we know, can be a very tough team to beat regardless of where you're playing them. And um, one thing that stood out to me, I know we talked a lot about uh, Keyshawn Murphy's absence, who I think is very valuable off the bench. He's back. And he came back for the Georgia game and has been playing in each of those games. He's been averaging seven points and three rebounds off the bench. And look, as I've said in past podcasts, he is a very versatile guy. His length makes him very good on the interior, a bad matchup on the interior. And he has, uh, he does well enough shooting where he's able to really spread the floor and just to be able to provide guys rest, especially now when they're dealing with a couple of guys who are dinged up. That's a very valuable thing, and I'm interested to see how that translates Wednesday at the Coliseum. Yeah. um, You know, a run of Georgia, Missouri, and Arkansas isn't, you know, like the hardest three-game run in the SEC by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, but, I mean, taking care of business in those three games is also what tournament teams do. Absolutely. And, again, it's all about momentum. You want to make sure you're getting hot at the right time. Basketball is a game of runs, and, you know, frankly, it's a season of runs. You know, if you've got a team – I think the team, if you were to just look at winning streaks, the team who has won 11 straight – a lot more than not is going to be a lot more dangerous than the team who's won about two of three or about uh, three of seven heading into it. So just just positive momentum. That's that's what it's about. Especially since really it's it's been a while since they've gotten this kind of momentum going. What are you looking for on Wednesday? Whoever finishes, I think that's what the previous game came down to because um, you know. Mississippi State, they had a chance right at the end, and Matthews was just unable to sink either of his free throws to tie it. And um, I'm, uh, another thing I'm interested in is uh, obviously home court has been very, very important, not just in the SEC this year, but also throughout college basketball. Ole Miss was home last time. I think that was a very big factor. Mississippi State's home this time. I'm interested to see how that plays into it at a game that I'm sure is going to be a very raucous, raucous Raucous. Raucous environment. And I'm really interested to see how those two things translate. It's okay. It's not like you don't uh, write words for a living. So, uh, yeah. I, I guess you write them and not pronounce them. So True. Very true. I know how to spell it. There you go. There you go. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I probably said this last time, but it's, it's very much um, a, a battle of uh, strengths, I guess. Um, or at least the, the two teams have uh, complementary strengths. So I'm always interested to see how that balances out uh, because I do not trust Ole Miss's defense at all. But also Ole Miss has an incredible ability to just get hot at times. Mm-hmm. Especially from beyond the arc. Exactly. Um, so we'll see how that breaks out. And, it, you know, again, this is going to be a huge game for both of them. Um, especially Ole Miss because it's just like getting a win on the road in the SEC is just like, you know, pretty much no arguments, quad one win. 100%, especially against a team like Mississippi State, who a lot of people have somewhat firmly in the NCAA tournament right now. Yeah, um, you know, I I think the uh, net rankings might get a little weird uh, for this matchup because, you know, Ole Miss is uh, 65th right now. So um, I think that means that it's going to be a lot more of a meaningful win for Ole Miss than State. Right, where, you know, State is going in with the expectation where, you know, they kind of have to go in and take care of and come out with a win regardless. And um, I, I, think, I think maybe if you're Mississippi State, maybe you look at it as like we need to win and we need to win convincingly. Yeah, I mean, especially on the Ole Miss side, you know, need to move up from from 65th in the uh, net rankings because, I mean, not only are they 65th, there are also a bunch of SEC teams in front of them, Mm -hmm. Um, including South Carolina, who Ole Miss gets at home on Saturday. Right, and that's another thing that I think makes this a very much a must-win game for Ole Miss is because right after this they have uh, number 11 South Carolina, and then right after that they have Alabama. So to be able to – win this game would build a lot of momentum into two games that, again, are going to be separators within the SEC heading into the tournament. Yeah, and then, um, you know, Ole we'll Miss kind of turned things around on, on Saturday. You know, they snapped a three-game losing streak. Uh, again, it's Mizzou. So, 
you know, it's not necessarily top of the line um, SEC team right now, but look, all wins are good. Right, exactly. Especially all SEC wins. Uh, granted, three point win. Mm hmm. So, um, in case you missed it, I wrote a story, I think it was last week, about um, Ole Miss's um, just kind of weird abilities to win virtually every close game it's played this year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that the win doesn't mean that winning is bad. I never want people to think that winning is bad. Um, but um, you know, when you're, I think that makes them eight and one on the season now in in tight games or games decided by like five or fewer. Right. Um, look, the best way to not worry about uh, regression in the future on that end. Uh, is to just not get into close games. It's so easy. I don't know why teams don't do that. It's like, yeah, you just got to win by 10 points. I, I don't it's, it's a mystery to me. Yeah, I, I don't know why teams win by three when they can just win by 12. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um, things shake out on that end on Saturday because uh, you you get Ole Miss and South Carolina who are uh, – Ole Miss is sixth in luck on Ken Palm. South Carolina's fifth. And South Carolina is the one team to beat Ole Miss in a close game this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to beat this horse until um, it's dead and possibly then some. <laughs> Those are the two luckiest in the SEC, I imagine? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that, that's going to be my, my fun stat to continue to acknowledge going forward. I mean, until it stops, uh, no reason not to. Look, with – you know, 360-some teams in college basketball, if you're top five in something, or, you know, top ten, top six, whatever, I'm going to mention it because, it, I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense, especially with a stat like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Is there um, anything else you wanted to mention on this front? Well, just in terms of those, um, you know, as I said, bubble separator and a lot of what I said previously stands. It should be a fun game. Um, and then I think we're going to throw a, a, a quick mention of this. Um, this will be, uh, or Wednesday's game will be the second uh, basketball egg bowl on, uh, or, or of the week. Try saying basketball egg bowl like 12 times fast. It is very difficult. Please don't do it. Um, it, it is very difficult. Um, it's a real tongue twister. But yeah, um, you know, yesterday uh, Ole Miss, uh, their women's basketball team uh, faced Mississippi State. And uh, it was a tight game, back and forth. Uh, but Ole Miss comes out with the overtime win. And um, it's sort of a similar situation to the men where both are um, at least, I guess, penciled in to the tournament right now. Right. And it seemed like, just from what I read from uh, Michael Katz's story on this at djournal.com, probably one of the biggest things that stood out in that was like the toughness they had because they were down about eight with just over six minutes to go, Ole Miss forced overtime and then won it in overtime, and toughness was a really big component to that win for them. This is uh, somehow not the only comeback uh, game that Ole Miss has won in overtime lately because they also were down by a lot against Florida. Uh, they came back and won that game in overtime too. Like it was 19-9 to after the first quarter, and I think it got worse after that. Um, but, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that's just what Ole Miss is built for, I guess. Yeah, the program as a whole, both uh, both men's and women's. Uh, but yeah, so 
it's it's been the uh, it's been slash it's going to be um, an interesting uh, week on the court, uh, you know, between these two schools. Um, I was looking through uh, herhoopsstats.com. Sorry, herhoopstats.com um, for their bracketology, and uh, Ole Miss is an eight seed against Penn State, uh, and Mississippi State is a seven seed against Washington State right now. Um, so just to get some kind of idea on where things are at on both of those sides. Like they're both in a pretty similar spot. Yeah. I mean, they have pretty similar records, play in the same conference. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, just wanted to acknowledge that because, you know, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to touch on Ole Miss baseball for a little bit? And sure. wrap it up? Sure, let's do it. Um, you know, pretty long trip out west for Ole Miss baseball. You know, uh, Hawaii is not exactly a conventional road opponent to start the year. Um, and uh, it was, I guess it was a, just kind of an interesting weekend in general because, uh, well, I mean, Friday night's game uh, went 13 innings. Um, I hope Michael Katz has, has caught up on his sleep. Yeah, hopefully. Um yeah, I, I can only imagine if that one went 13 innings. Um, but yeah, 13 innings on Friday. Uh, you know, the whole uh, the, the tone was set for the weekend when the uh, first pitch for game one was uh, Todd Gurley, who is clearly the pride and joy of Hawaii. So, uh, is, is he training there? Was did you did you figure out what he was I doing? I have no clue. The only thing I could find was on the Hawaii baseball release. It's like. Hey, and former NFL star Todd Gurley will throw out the first pitch. Interesting. I have no idea what the connection is there. All right. Interesting. Um, so I guess it's nice to see him again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully his knees are feeling better. But, yeah, uh, they get – Ole Miss wins the first game 5-4 and 13, and then 5-2 uh, to two and 7 because it's a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. And they lost the second game of the doubleheader 9-1, to one, and then uh, – I guess technically split the series thirteen or two and two with a thirteen to four loss uh, on on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and I would imagine that giving up twenty two runs in back to back games is not what they had in mind. No, yeah, that's definitely going to be because um, I, I understand that Ole Miss at least had had some. You you could probably elaborate more, but just had some problems pitching last season, so maybe the giving up nine and 13 in those back two games might be a little concerning. Well, I mean, pitching was a problem for, for both schools last year. Um, but yeah, it means generally uh, not what you're looking for. Um, but Ole Miss also committed six errors uh, in that 13 to four loss. Mm, okay. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, you know, look, giving up seven earned runs is probably not great. But uh, seven earned runs out of 13 is also not good. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and I think especially after the way last year went, um, this is not the way you wanted to start that. It's not. But I think that we're going to learn a lot more about them this coming week. This Wednesday they head back home to play Arkansas State. And then they have a weekend series against High Point again at home. So I, I think we'll learn a lot more about them at that point when they're at home and just more – you know, more more in their element, I guess, for lack of better words. More on schedule, maybe. Exactly. Much better words. Uh, I mean, that's fair, but also, like, you signed up for this. I mean, you had, you know, this is the whole 
you had the whole off season to prepare for this weekend. Like you knew what you were up against. Yeah, very true. And you knew what it was going to be like going in. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess at least they didn't lose the series is the thing. Um, but I don't think they, uh, calmed any concerns or eased anybody's concerns. Yeah. And it's a reason why these, uh, next couple of games are going to be ones to watch and to really see how they respond. Well, I mean, I think also just after the way last season went, like kind of, there are more eyes on these sort of beginning of the season games too. Right, and more pressure to just kind of show that, hey, last year was aberration. We can be among the best in college baseball. Right, so I mean, it's, it's a long season. I feel like trying to get um, fired up over a weekend series is probably a bad idea. Yeah, a little too early. And, uh, again, these next couple of games will be prob- will paint a clearer picture of what, they, of what they are and what they're capable of being. But, yeah, um, I don't know. Was there anything you wanted to touch on? I mean, those are just some of the big points. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll we'll probably wrap up there then. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter at bferrell seven two seven. You can find James on Twitter at JS Murphy Media. Um, you know, you can see all of our coverage at djournal.com and follow us on social at djournal sports. Um, and if you want more of our Ole Miss or Mississippi State coverage, uh, check out our lineup of newsletters at djournal.com forward slash sports. Um, James, once again, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Take care, everyone, and uh, have a good week.